schools in session. This is Recruiting Daily's Sourcing School Podcast. Real talk about recruiting, sourcing, and <clears throat> cyber sleuthing. Hot takes on sourcing tools, recruiting tech, and anything we want to talk about with no filter. It's time to level up and put your sourcing pants on. Here's your dudes, Ryan Leary and Brian Fink. Welcome to Sourcing School with your host, Ryan Leary and Brian Fink. It's the Ryan and Brian Show, and we are joined today by the man, the myth, the legend, Eric Jake Jakewith. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you? Life is good during the, the, the pandemic. No complaints. Hope everybody's safe and sound where they are hearing us. That and is, you are uh, in, where are you at right now? Nashville, Tennessee, Tennessee? today takes Tennessee. me. But uh, my company in Seekout is up based in Seattle. So I, I've been traveling quite a bit, uh, checking out different markets and I'm going to eventually move to the West Coast. But Nashville is home today. That is awesome. Uh, Nashville is home to a few of my favorite steakhouses. Um, if you get to go to Kane's, <laughs> K-A-Y-N-E, oh, who is not there, a sponsor. I was going to say not a sponsor of this podcast, yes. but, um, <laughs> but they should be. Should be. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you have a steakhouse in every state you go to. I, I, Ryan, you, you, you look, <laughs> pretty sure. I, Hence I, the reason why he got a Peloton. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Which, which I haven't seen any posts. Have you been taking days off? Um, I have. Yes, I have. I, I took off the past three days because I've been doing. Oh. I've been oh. the past three days. I've been doing recruiter phone screens until like nine or ten o'clock, just because I'm excuses. rocking both coasts. Yeah, I know excuses. No days off, and I've got the excuses. Speaking of no days off, there is somebody that there, there is a there is a, a question that I have that comes to me um, from one of my hiring managers. So, Eric, um, I was having a conversation with a hiring manager about Seekout the other day because he was like, he was like, "How are you finding great candidates that are BLNA or Black, Latinx, and Native American candidates on LinkedIn?" Because I can't do it. I can't find them. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm not using LinkedIn. I'm using this tool called Seekout. And I'm just going and pulling up, I'm getting the information in Seekout. And then I'm building the project for you to outreach in LinkedIn. And he was like, are you sure? And I'm like, yep, pretty sure that's how I'm doing it. So I, I got to, you're laughing. Like people can't see you, but I can. You're <laughs> laughing. This brings me to the question that my hiring manager is asking me is like, how come Seekout is better at diversity recruiting than LinkedIn when LinkedIn, I think, I think LinkedIn has the data or the yeah. data? Well, well, think of it this data. way. The, the analogy I tell people all the time is, you know, Seekout is a search engine, just like Bing, just like Google, just like Yahoo used to be that no one uses anymore. Okay? <laughs> the reason why Google beat everybody else in the search engine was because they built a better search engine, but they were all indexing all the same kinds of pages. Think of it in travel. You could go to Delta Airline, a good Atlanta-based co company, and you could go to Delta and buy a ticket. But how many people go directly to Delta? Don't we go to Google or don't we go to Expedia or Travelocity to search the inventory at Delta? So just because you are the originator of the ticket and have all the data, LinkedIn versus Delta, it doesn't mean another search engine might be more thorough and more customer-focused and have different abilities to search. So that's where Seekout comes in. We're a search engine. 
we give recruiters the access to the same data pool. And like a search engine, when you run the results, when you click on the name, you go right back to the original source on LinkedIn. But the order that we organize our stack in can be filtered in different filters. So we built, more than two years ago, diversity filters for black, female, Hispanic, Asian. And we also have veteran, and you can combine and layer those on top of each other. So if you want to say, I want a black female veteran, we can do that for you in that subset, in addition to all the other search criteria, can be organized and easily prioritized for you. So that's how we did it. And people are always asked, you know, how are they, how are they doing that? Is it any voodoo? Is it any facial recognition? And the fact is, it's not that complicated. Recruiters have been doing it for years. We do it the same way you guys do it. We look at the first names. We look at the organizations, the sororities, the places on the resume, the words that are there. We look at the pronouns used in the recommendations. And based on all that available wordy information, we categorize people with our best guess. And we're able to do it fairly accurately at scale across millions of records. So it's there and people use it, but I'm surprised that people are shocked that it's there because recruiters have been wanting it for a long time and we've been having to do it by visual recognition, looking at the mugshot to categorize people. And that's how recruiters have been doing it. We just made it a little bit faster, a little bit more scalable for them. Actually talking about scalability. Um, so so those of you who, who don't know Eric Jakewith, I have commonly referred to him as the smartest man in recruiting. Eric, you, you just broke down how search engines work, why Seek Out is doing making things easier or facilitating. One of the things that you facilitated in my career is that you recently, and like recently, like in the past 12 months, suggested that I get the book, The Joy of Search. You're, you're, you're laughing about that again. I love that, right? So um, Eric, I got to ask you like off topic, what are you reading? Because like you, I mean, you break down very difficult concepts and you make them super simple. The Joy of Search was a great recommendation. Is there anything else that you're recommending that people need to get their hands on if they want to be better recruiters, or if they want to update or, or up, up, uh, upskill their, uh, their level set? Um, I'm sorry, Brian. I don't, ha I don't have another good book that I can recommend. I, I've been skiing more than reading uh, this, this, my off-season here and, <laughs> and been traveling. I, I, my travel hacking is one of my favorite pastimes, so my travel analogy was, was – was appropriate there. Nothing's more fun than finding travel deals and, and search engines make it a little bit easier to find really good inexpensive trips right now during this pandemic craziness. So um, I, I would say that, you know, there's a variety of blogs that are out there with good topics. Find an author, find a, a luminary. Don't listen to me. I, I have people that I follow that I can recommend that are much smarter than me on, on really deep into these topics, non-recruiting topics. Um, a long time ago, I started organizing um, resumes and, and, and how I organize resumes in my own system. And, and I started 15 years ago by when I found a book talking about asset management. It was, it, was, it was called DAM, Digital Asset Management. And it was talking about photographers and how they organize digital assets. So when they want need to put their hands on a photograph that they need to sell of a of a white kid in a blue shirt holding a red ball at Christmas, they can quickly find that photo and sell that asset. I saw digital recording of resumes in the same way, but it was very difficult to organize resumes by just a collection of keywords. 
that you needed to have the totality of what that essence of that person was, what was the photo of the person on the resume to really start organizing it. So my, my, my point to this, my, my deviation is, don't read books on recruiting. That's the wrong direction. Read books on topics that are adjacent to recruiting, on business that is relative to your business unit you're supporting. Read topics on search and search engines and ranking systems and social media and how these tech companies are um, you know, influencing. There's great Netflix um, documentaries on, on this whole idea of social media. I'm not going to give them names, but you, some of them <laughs> know what I'm talking about. Um, and the, the dilemma we all have about how to use social media is important and, and how we use these things and how we're being influenced by these companies. Learn more about that. A lot of good information both out there, video, blog, streaming, and written material. Be curious and, and get into those things because if you're in recruiting, you need to ask questions and get as much insight as possible on how this data is being used and the analytics that are being used to influence us one way or the other. And it's not just political influence, it's everything we do influence. So Jake, I wanna take that that you, just, that you just laid out there about different influences, about the data, about different sources. And I wanna tie it back to seek out and the question that Ryan and I kind of opened with today about diversity recruiting and diversity filters. Um, recently, Jackie and Anoop shared with me that, that you guys have, I don't want to call it a school, but I, I want to call it like a program, uh, data-driven, data-driven diversity recruiting 101, um, like how to uh, write job-friendly uh, requirements, building a consultative relationship with hiring managers. Um, what kind of bottlenecks do you think that this program is going to help a recruiter overcome? Um, kind of going from that different streams of confluence. I think what Anoop and Jackie and the whole team here at Seekout and other teams that we're involved with are trying to do is they're trying to take the elevate the conversation from a simple click of a button, apply this filter on a search to why do we need to have filters like this and what other mechanisms other than the filter should we use to increase our pools of qualified candidates in the in the ways our job descriptions are are written in the in the ways we measure our effectiveness in um, building a particular department or division of a company to have more diversity and more creativity. And diversity is not just age or gender or race, but it's diversity of thought. It's diversity of location in some places, in community, because we know that there are some red states and there are some blue states. And then there's countries that have different opinions on politics and how countries handle things. And now we're having, you know, recruiting and sales teams and software teams that are global where you have half your team on three different continents. So the idea of diversity is far better, bigger than just one element via age, race, or gender. It, it, it needs to be looked at and kind of talked about economics, diversity, um, school diversity. We have those who are from the East Coast that love Ivy League schools and those from the West Coast that love California schools. And the bias and the Jackie does a whole thing on unconscious bias in this in this webinar, talking about how people can look at a school and assume that person is smart or 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 that's not as good a school as Carnegie Mellon. And I use that as an example or Stanford. Um, 
bias is coming in a lot of different ways. And if you have more information, then the bias might not be as um, as <laughs> as ignored as it is currently in many organizations. The data doesn't lie. And when you see all the same people making all the same decisions, and it's, it's unconscious, you need to educate them to make it more conscious. So Eric, I've, got a, I've got a question here for you. So a, a longstanding conversation that I tend to have a lot, especially recently, is as a recruiter, is it is it my responsibility to be held accountable or should I be held accountable? And is it my responsibility to manage diversity from a recruiter's seat? And sure, you know, as a recruiter, you can go and you can you're submitting slates of candidates. But really, is it is it is it fair to put that onus on on the recruiter to say you need to submit? you know, six people for your slate of candidates and 50% of every slate has to be diverse. Is it, is it really their, 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 their responsibility to do that? Or is that the, is the, is the company responsible to attract different types of people into the organization and allow the recruiter just to recruit based on talent? Um, it is your responsibility if your manager makes it your responsibility. So I would say it's recruiting an HR leadership and the overall leadership of the corporation that decides who will facilitate and take ownership of those problems. I think it's every employee in the company. Uh, I don't care what your job is. You should be able to influence your boss and your decisions and your coworkers to be more inclusive and be more worldly in their perspective. But not everybody wants to stick their neck out. Um, especially an, a, an old non-degreed white guy like myself might decide to keep their mouth shut and be careful about saying these things and offending anybody accidentally. Um, I, I think it's everybody's responsibility. I I've probably have, have offended a few people saying to my colleagues, hey, you need to increase the color of that pool or the gender of that pool and here's some recommendations how I think we should do that. Um, you know, as a contract recruiter for many years, I worked in some of the largest corporations that had a um, a smokescreen, we'll say, on how they did diversity recruiting. And then they had people like me as the contractor um, dressed in black underneath the stage figuratively doing the magic that was the illusion that people were seeing on stage. So what the companies said they did going to these large conferences and recruiting these people of diversity really wasn't how they did it. They had other people doing things that were more creative to increase those pools in creative ways. And I think that now has come to light and a lot more people are doing much more creative diversity and inclusion recruiting. And things like the diversity filters in our tool, things like programs that measure um, how biased certain job postings are towards one gender or another, I think brings good clarity and improves the profession for all of us be it a small company or a big corporation in the Fortune 100. All right. So when we end, as we end, as we end uh, all, all of our shows, we like to give the listeners some takeaway. So I'm going to give you a question and rapid fire. You, you, you got about five minutes, so you don't have to talk that long, but you just give us, give us three or four bullet points here. What can a recruiter do today in today's climate, whether they're using a tool like Seekout, or they're just on their own. What can they do to ensure that their that their slates of candidates are more diverse? Um, mindfulness. Build a search that is of 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 
um, attributes when you're building when you're selecting the keywords to bring the right candidate in your stack to the top think about the words you're using and keep them as gender and non-biased gender neutral and as non-biased as possible i think people sometimes pick words that are foolish and unfortunately weigh the stack incorrectly so word selection is how we build searches be mindful of that then in the point of review time, be extra attention to anybody that is not like the pool you have seen in the past. So look, spend, spend extra attention to the underrepresented minority candidates that come up in the filter or in the pool and manage them appropriately. Um, your outreach to them might be a little more um, aggressive and or a little bit more polite, could be a little more polite or more assertive in the sense that you may make more attempts to that to reach out to them than you would a candidate in the minor in the majority. Okay, so whatever that majority and minority groups are, each company is different. Um, but but know who they are, know which groups are underrepresented, and make your outreach a little bit more targeted and a little bit more persistent and possibly a little more frequent so that your pools are inclusive as possible. Your companies, your managers, and your organization will benefit from that. And it is partly your responsibility, even if your manager or your hiring authority doesn't make it so. Be a good citizen of the world and do that. That was deep, man. That was awesome. That was really good. Way, way to wrap that one up. All right. Wow. So, we'll, 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 yeah, when we when we end, I'll cut that that my the, the, the end there with the music. So we're good. That's <laughs> uh, that was awesome, man. I like I, I like ending it on I like ending it on on the on the on the person I try to get out there. Um, that that was a good wrap up there. I like that. I like that. I, I'm, I'm, I was trying to to type it out as you were talking. Mindfulness. That's that's the key word right there. Yeah. So I think I think we hit it. I think we hit it for them. And and we got three minutes left, so you can get on to your next meeting with no problems. Not nah. bad for just winging it, huh, guys? <laughs> We've done this before. No, no, yeah, yeah, that's no, that's that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, so yeah, no, this is good stuff. What um so I want to I want to get you on at some point for a regular recording. That's not sure. that's not uh you know seek uh, infomercial. Out <laughs> not a yeah. not a seek out infomercial. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. I don't think it came across that way. That's why I, I think, asked the that's yeah. why I asked the question about the book. I was like, I was like, dude, I mean like like Jake, just to let you know, I have bought that book for like eleven or so people now. That's awesome, and, Brian. And I'm like, I'm like, Eric Jake said to read this. You should totally take a read of this and whatever. And they're like, so like Aaron Matthew has the book. Um, Batman has like I told Batman. Batman was like, I can buy my own book. If Eric Jake said to read it, I can, I can buy my own book. Um, I'm my own bitch. Yeah, Ryan, so, are you using Seekout? Is my question because I want to make you a, a, a master of Seekout since Amazon is one of our premier customers. If you are not, please let me be your bitch and teach you everything you need to know about Seekout. So, so um, we will schedule time. I am using Seekout. I'm using Seekout regularly and routinely. Um, as I mentioned, I have a uh, I have a hiring manager um, in custom engineering that they really want to make the teams diverse. So, actually, I. Um, I, I've been playing around in that, but yeah, like, yeah, like, let me show I, you the missing manual version of Jake with Jake with isms, because there is a whole lot in seek out that I thought I knew 
And then I joined the company and, and I'm blown away with how much better than I thought it was now that I have behind the scenes pass and can build searches like no other. So let me give you the missing manual so that you can be a, a tiger within your organization because Amazon doesn't know what I can teach you and it'll make you a giant within your team. Oh man, that means it's over. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com. 